You're listening to the Synergy Leadership Podcast, a discussion with engaging, empowering, and enlightening leaders about the greatest competitive advantage in business and entrepreneurship that often goes unrecognized, a team's energy. Here's your host, the woman who puts the energy in Synergy, Karen R. Jenkins. Hello, and welcome to our Synergy Leadership Podcast. I am so excited to have the dynamic and wonderful Diane Helbag joining us today. I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, Diane last year, and we connected. I was a guest on her podcast, and I asked if she would promise me to come in and share her gifts and wisdom with our audience. So you're going to be in for just wonderful information that she's going to share. And I ask that uh, just tune in and listen because she's going to provide some great content. So without belaboring this, Diane, thank you so much for being here with us today. And would you just give us a brief background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. Sure, I would love to. And thank you for doing this. I really appreciate the opportunity. So short story, um, I'm a business advisor and trainer, work mainly with small business owners, but do training for people, you know, in all sorts of businesses, Uh, come from a history of working in small business and in leadership and in sales. So I have a real, you know, wide range of experience that I just brought over to my practice. I've been doing it since 2006. Love every minute of it. And, uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a podcast host and speaker. Awesome. How has your 20 plus years in the industry influenced your approach to each one of your clients? I know you look at the fact that you don't want to have a cookie cutter solution. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, I know back when I was, before I was doing this and I was working, um, what I noticed was programs were created based on what the creator knew how to do and did very well. And what they would do is they would say, okay, do it this way and you'll be successful. And it didn't work. And I would watch all these people spend a lot of money on all sorts of programs and really want to do it. And, you know, re- you know they, they make the investment, not only of the money, but of their time and their energy. And then when it came down to it, they wouldn't do it because it wasn't comfortable for them. So what I noticed was, just because it works for, you know, Joe doesn't mean it's going to work for Betty. So my goal with my, and I'm, I'm a Betty, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, listen, I got to do it my way kind of gal. So, you know, what I realized was when I started my business, I just wanted to really get to know my client and how they tick and why things, you know, why they do certain things, but don't do other things. Because if I could work with them on creating a strategy, that they felt comfortable with, they would do it. And then they would get the results that they wanted. Awesome. So let's talk about, let's bring it into today's environment. Of course, we've all been faced with this thing called COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And who knew that we would be going into year three after completing, almost completing year two. What has been the impact that you've seen on your clients, your small businesses, as far as their ability to rise above it, to come up with their own specific solution that works specifically for them? 
Uh, that is such a great question. I've noticed that they are tremendously driven to figure out how to navigate this new world that we live in. And they have a ton of questions about really how to do that. It's that uncertainty that drives them a little crazy. Um, so, and each one of them is different, right? Each one of them has different issues that they're dealing with, just depending on their industry, their size, all of those kinds of things. So the good news is that they are asking the questions and they're willing to really pay attention to the answers and figure out how that works for them in their business and what makes sense for them moving forward. Some of it is changing their offering, you know, so that it's something that applies now. Right. You know, hiring, not hiring, doing 1099s instead of employees, you know, all of those sorts of things come into play. So as I've shared with you, when we, we talked on your podcast, you know, one of our, our, not one of our platform is Synergy Leadership. And it's the ability of a person to recognize the energy that they're bringing into the room, but also the energy of their team. And then figuring out a way to leverage that energy if we're going the same direction. So what I've noticed is that with the COVID crisis, you know, energy is just emotion in motion, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's what Dr. Joe says. So energy is emotion in motion. And when you look at the unknown, when you look at the, the, the challenges that COVID has, has, has put out there for us, the mindset of a lot of small businesses is like everybody else's chaos, frustration. Oh my gosh. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of your mindset, the importance of your perspective as you're facing these specific challenges. Boy, it's so important because what you, you know, I could say what you put out, you get back, right? A huge thing. And, and what you think about, you bring about, you know, yes. that, that, that's another big thing. So when, when small business owners and entrepreneurs are possibilities thinkers, which I, I'm a huge fan of, right? And yes. that energy is, they're, they're open to ideas, to trying things, you know, to failing, so to speak. I, I don't really believe in failure, but that they're open to their brain opens up so then they can really, you know, grab their team and come up with ideas. But the other thing it does is it gives their team that opportunity to do it because it creates a level of confidence right. for their team, right? Like if the leader's under their bed, then the team's going to go under their bed. But if the leader is saying, okay, challenge, great, let's embrace it. Let's capitalize on it. Let's see what we can do. Then there, there's a comfort in that and a bit of confidence in that. And so they're really allowing everyone else to rise to that level of, of thought and openness. Oh, so true. So it's the perspective of, so if you look at it from just in normal terms, you say, you know, I'm going to look at this as the glass half full, as mm-hmm. glass half empty. But then when you look at it from a business perspective or even life, right? Yeah. Is this a problem or is this a new opportunity? Right. The opportunity doesn't always come in the form of, oh my gosh, I have this silver platter that's placed in front of me. An opportunity is sometimes ability for you to test your problem solving skills, an opportunity for you to do something in a different way 
And the outcome of that is a blessing because you get on the other side of this thing and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it one, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. Two, something else has come out of it. And when we as business owners or just people in general have that mindset and mindset, oh my gosh, I love what you said about possibility, right? If you think that your way is the only way, then you're limiting yourself to just that way. But if you're open to possibility, then the world is your oyster, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you don't know what's possible in any situation. And adversity really creates opportunity. It creates ideas that weren't even there before. And you can look at a lot of companies that have created products and services that didn't exist before COVID, but were necessary because of COVID. An opportunity. Yep. An opportunity. They've taken what some people may look at as a challenge and converted that into an opportunity. Exactly. Awesome. I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I look at a lot of the, the small businesses, and I think that is one of the key elements as far as those that are successful and those that are not. And it is that perspective. It is that am I agile enough yep. to adjust to my current environment? Because we talk about uh, a new normal, right? Or getting back to normal. There is no getting back to normal. You know, the, the, the bar keeps moving because we keep saying, okay, when COVID goes away, uh, yeah. we can go back. But here we are three years later and it isn't gone yet. So now we have to adapt ourselves around what our current environment is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I realized through COVID is that uncertainty always exists. We're never certain that tomorrow is going to go a certain way or even later today. COVID was just a huge uncertain sort of thing. So if we look at it, we say, okay, listen, I I got through that. I didn't get through any uncertainty, but I do have to make sure that my mindset and my perspective is one of uncertainty is just here. It just is a thing, right? Right. So I can't let that take me over. Right. I have to keep plowing through in spite of it. In spite of it. That's so true. Mm-hmm. I love, um, and I, I think I have a thing of water over here. I'm going to bring it in. It's full, but I watched a um, Bruce Lee, one of my favorite, you know, of all time, his movies, just him in general. And one of the, if you go out on YouTube, there's a thing where he says, you have to be like the water, right? When, when life is like this, you're like this. When life is like this, you're like this. And you're agile like the water. And when you're agile like the water, your life tends to flow. But when you're like the ice cube, <laughs> there's no flexibility. There's none. You're just none. head up against the, the side of the can, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't be like that and be a successful business owner. Not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. So what has been some of your particular strategies that you have employed during these last almost well, completion of two years? Yeah, so it's a great question. And if I may tell a story about what I did yes. when this happened, right? So when COVID hit, my business almost died because I had a whole bunch of training scheduled, contracts signed. And then COVID hit and no one was doing anything in person. And so they all went away, right? Right. And I had a a 
symposium that I was part of helping create, and it was supposed to be um, conducted later in 2020. And, and that went away. So um, I, I, I'm a real possibilities thinker. So I got the other speakers uh, on the phone and I said, okay, guys, that's not happening. But every small business owner out there is wondering how they sell during this situation, how they navigate this. So let's put together a program that's a webinar and let's put it out to associations whose members are small business owners. So the association can offer it to their members. It's a value add, right? And so we did it. We did it about five times. It kept all of us, you know, in our groove, right? And it was so helpful to these organizations that, you know, they weren't doing anything in person either. They had to make that whole adjustment. And what it showed me was I could totally adjust to online training. And so that's one of the things I did. I got certified as a virtual educator and just shifted. It's a big shift, you know, to shift your programs from in-person to to virtual. It's a totally different dynamic, but I did it because otherwise, what was I going to do? Right. 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 What's the alternative to sit there and do nothing or just as you said. So let's 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 detour and, and talk a little bit about your your mantra on selling. I think your tagline is the more you think about selling, the less you sell. Um, share with us a little more detail about what you mean by that. Yeah, thanks. So what I mean by that is this. Small business owners and salespeople have a tendency to think, to be really focused on, I have to make this sale. I have to close this deal. I have to hit quota. I have to bring in revenue. I, I, you know, I, I, I have to all these things. And the problem with it is, is that when we're so focused on that, we're focused on us. Mm -hmm. We're not focused on the other person. And, and the message that we send is I'm only concerned about myself. I'm only concerned about ink in this deal. I don't care about anything else. I don't care. We get pushy. We get sometimes a little desperate, you know, the messaging that we send is, is really working against us for what it is we want to achieve. Right. And then we wonder why we're, we're not selling. And I've seen it over and over and over again, over my, you know, 40 some years, just being in business and just watching salespeople and small business owners. And so what I realized was if we, and we end up with really bad clients, so you know, the less you're going to sell also leads to, because you end up taking on clients who are terrible, they, it prevents you from going out and getting good ones. Right. So it's, it's just bad all the way around. If we flip that and say, I don't know whether they need what I have to sell. I don't know whether I want to work with them. So let me go into discovery. Let me just, I go to a networking event. I'm not going to get a client there, but I could get an associate. I could get a resource, who knows? So let me just be interested in others and curious. And when we use curiosity and discovery through the whole process, then we get what we want. Then we sell when it's right, when it makes sense, everyone's happy, wonderful. You know, one of the, um, I'm gonna call it a taboo word is the sales, right? So when a lot of people hear the word sales, they think of a salesperson. You know, the used car salesman, the insurance salesman. Um, it's not always, it's not fair 
to that industry, but you know there have been some not too good characters that have you know tarnished those 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 um, unfairly, right? But then if you are that person that you're out there and your job is to sell and you're looking at selling and and you're looking at that word in the context that we have put it in, it's not really a good combination. So one of the things that I found to be helpful is that I don't look at it as sales. My my life question, and I, I discovered this while going to a Tony Robbins event, and you know, you don't think about things, right? You don't kind of think about what is your life question. And I had to go back in my mind and go, what is my life question? And then I even had to call my daughter and say, I think this is my life question, but I need you to kind of, you know, because you can't read the label from the inside of your own jar, right? Yeah, right. My life question is, how can I help? Uh-huh. So if you look at sales from a perspective of here's a person that has a need and you can fulfill that need, it is not selling. It right. is helping, right? Right. You know, our mantra here is helping people, adding value and making a difference. And that's how I approach the sale. Now, everybody doesn't need my help. Right. That's kind of in line with you saying you get to choose your clients or you get to uh, really define who is your niche market. Yeah. But again, it's back to that, that, that perspective, that your mindset. And I love what you say about not being me focused, but being client focused or potential client focused. I also love when you talked about building that network because most small businesses don't know how to do that. They think to this thing, give out 50 cards, right? And I'm going to get a client for my 50 card distribution. So that's not going to happen. They don't realize that. So, so one of my things is, okay, but when, it, when you're not getting what you're going for, so, so you have this mindset and you go in and you do this thing, you hand out your business cards, you put people on your mailing list, you do all these things that you shouldn't do, and you don't get the thing that, that was your goal. Do you ever stop and think, okay, wait a minute, maybe my mindset, maybe my activity, maybe the, my approach is wrong, right? Right, Because it's not getting me there. So how about if I change it? How about if I try something different? How, you know, right. I had a guy say to me once, I don't like small talk. I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't have to be small talk. Be genuinely interested. Yes. Yeah, right? Think of something yeah. you would like to know about them. Right. And ask the question and then be quiet and listen. Genuinely listen. So that it's crazy that you say that because you know, we've done some training on networking, right? And we always do the two to one ratio. Uh-huh. Listen two times more than you speak. Right. And some people are like, well, I'm an introvert and I don't like talking to people. Well, making connection and talking to people isn't always about you having to talk. It's about you having really good questions and being able to allow that person to speak because people love to talk about themselves, especially at these networking events. They're going uh-huh. there, like, let me tell you who I am. So if you identify Why why are you going? Yep. Strategy. Identify who's going to be there and maybe pick two or three. I want to make sure I make contact with them. Have some questions ready and just have some small talk, but kind of precise questions that just to get the dialogue going and let them talk. But then at the end, because this is the the networking bit isn't where it starts. You know, that's not the, 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 the gritty part of it. It's the after, the after or the follow-up, right? 
Yep. So when you ask for, hey, I'd love to continue this conversation. Can we have tea? Can we have coffee? Can right. Lunch and go from there. So yep. have that to be a successful strategy? Completely. And you know, I'm so glad you brought up introverts. Introverts actually make the best networkers because they don't like talking. So they will ask a question and then be quiet because it takes the pressure off of themselves. It does. It yeah. Does. So, so they really, I, I hear that all the time. People go, I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk about myself. I'm like, fabulous. Because no one is listening. I, I, you know, let's be clear. They, right. No one cares. Right. <laughs> so, hey, you're off the hook. Right? right. Right. And one of the best things to do is, so I think we should never ask. So what do you do? Because people will tell us what they do. And we really don't care. Right? right. And they're not listening to us when we're telling them. But if we say, so tell me your story, they will tell you about whatever matters to them. And you will learn an awful lot about them. And it's a great way to start a conversation and get to know who someone is and what jazzes them up and, and you know, all of those things. I love that. What's yeah. your it works really well. I had a guy once say to me, which story? And I said, whichever one you want to tell me. <laughs> I don't care, right? It's your story. Yeah. So we have a few minutes left. And there was one other question I wanted to make sure that we had time to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you have a program called Seize This Day. Can you share with us what is this program? Who is it designed to benefit? Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So it's really designed for small business owners uh, to be able to really dig into what's going on in their business, what's working, what isn't working, where they're struggling, where they're, they're challenged, and then together create an initial strategy, because, you know, it's a living fluid thing. It's, it's going to change as it's being experienced. But we come up with a strategy to start. And then I, they're implementing, you know, I, I hang with them. Guardrails, you know, make sure they don't fall off the cliff. But we navigate whatever that strategy is and make whatever changes we need to in real time so that they can develop those skills to get where they want to go, but also be able to go through that process on their own. You know, once you've done it and you figured out, okay, this is how I can make sure that I'm staying on course. You can do that for yourself. And that's really the goal, right? That they don't need me forever, that they really learn that muscle gets built so they can do that and, and have the success that they want to have. So awesome. So you offer programs, mm-hmm. you offer services to small businesses to help them grow. Can you share with us what sources, resources do you look for for your own professional inspiration and energy? So I look at um, people who have been really successful in their space, right? So it doesn't really matter to me what that space is. I'm fascinated by people who um, are problem solvers and are positive thinkers, you know, who really are, I, I figured it out and who do things that are, are like out of the norm. It's those things where you go, wow, really? I never would have thought of that. That really inspires me because it reminds me that, you know, it's an unlimited 
canvas of what can be done and what we can accomplish and how we can positively impact the future. Awesome. So if you could give one piece of advice of leadership, or should I say one piece of leadership advice to our listeners, what might that advice be? That advice would be that as the leader, you are not expected to have all of the answers, but you are expected to convene the resources to get to the answers. So, you know, we have to give up on this. Well, I'm the leader, so I have to be able to solve all the problems. Nope, you're never going to be able to. You are one person with one life experience, you know, with one window. Your job is to pull the team together, pull the resources and say, okay, let's problem solve. Here it is, you know, create a safe space for people to be able to come up with ideas. That is a, that is a very powerful statement. I share that with my team all the time because I think they look to me as the person that has all the answers. And then they look to themselves as, oh my gosh, I don't have all the answers. And I shared with them, no, I don't have all the answers. I'm just resourceful. And you are too. And when you recognize that you don't have to have all the answers, you just have to have the strategies and mechanisms to figure out where your resources are, then you're just as, just as experienced as I am. And that has made a big difference in their lives. That has a sure. difference in their confidence level that they recognize, I don't have to have the answers. I just might know how to go and find the answers. Yeah, it's empowering. Yes, you have to. You have to own it. You have to own it. So thank you so much for that great advice. I really appreciate you being on with us. And the last question I'd have you answer is, if our audience wanted to reach out to you, how would they get in contact with you? Well, first, let me say thank you so much for the conversation and the great questions. I have enjoyed it tremendously and for the opportunity to, to share with your audience. Um, They can just go to, the easiest thing to do is to go to hellbigenterprises.com. Everything's there. Link to to my podcast. They can sign up for a 30-minute complimentary phone consult. They can see, you know, everything that's going on. It's the best place to start. Excellent. Thank you again, Diane. I so much appreciate this, and we'll definitely have you back on again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you again for taking time to be here with us today. I know you guys as much out of this conversation as I did, and we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Synergy Leadership Podcast with Karen R. Jenkins. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, review, and share our show. See you next time.